We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. Hello and welcome to the Situation Report today. Very glad to have you joining me. This is the show where we do our best to give you the information and perspectives you need to navigate an ever-changing culture. My name is Jeremy Stonlicker. I am your host. And today we are going to talk about evil. <laughs> That's a very happy conversation to have. We're going to talk about evil today. And you're listening thinking, I have to think about and see evil around me all of the time. And that is the truth. That's not exactly what we're talking about today. We often talk about cultural evils and uh, the difficulty we have in dealing with all of that. Today, we're going to look at uh, evil from a different perspective. The question is, why do young people in our world not have conversations, discussions? Why are they not taught about evil? I am for this conversation going to be drawing from an article by Dennis Prager entitled, Why Young Americans Are Not Taught About Evil. Dennis Prager, of course, I'm sure you're familiar with, uh, with him. He is a nationally syndicated talk show host. He is a deep thinker in all things cultural. Prager U, uh, very well known and uh, really works to educate normal people about history, about culture, about how those connect, how we can move forward as conservatives, and uh, has been very, very helpful to many. Had the opportunity to interview Dennis a couple of years ago, and uh, really thankful for much of the work that he is a part of. But he wrote this article, and the last section, so I'm going to start with the end, and then I'll come back to the beginning. The last section of this article, which we'll work towards, uh, the title of the last section is this, Seek a Moral World begin with the study of evil. Seek a moral world. Begin with the study of evil. I want to read some of this article and uh, walk through it with you together. Uh, He begins by saying, most of our schools teach almost nothing of importance and nothing is more important than the study of good and evil. That is a powerful sentence to start off an article. They don't teach anything good and there is nothing more important than the study of good and evil. Now, when you think about school, is this what you think about? The study of good and evil. So that was just sentence one. We'll continue. In the United States today, nearly all schools, from elementary through graduate, concentrate on teaching about racism, sexism, preferred pronouns, homophobia, transphobia, LGBTQIA+, climate change, diversity, equity, inclusiveness, and white guilt. In other words, most of our educational institutions, including the most prestigious, do not educate. He goes on, educating ignorance. Here are a few proofs. It is almost certain that the great majority of American high schools and college students, uh, high school and college students, with the obvious exceptions of Christian students, could not name the four gospels, presuming they even know what they are. Five of the Ten Commandments, presuming they even know what those are, or the names of two Shakespeare plays. 
Most American students know little about the American Revolution, let alone about the French or Russian revolutions. The same holds true for the Constitution and every other American founding document. It is doubtful that, other than Washington and Jefferson having owned slaves, American students know anything about these men or could name two other founders. When it comes to evil, the ignorance is enormous, all, uh, often almost total. For example, now, now get this, okay? This is, so he, he makes the point of American students at just about every level are learning very little uh, in terms of history and really what they need to know about culture and our, our country and where we came from. Uh, they may know the bad things, but they certainly don't know the good things. So he begins there, and, and then he drives to this point. When it comes to the evil, the ignorance is enormous, almost total. For example, according to Pew, about half of Americans ages 18 to 39 cannot identify Auschwitz or any other Nazi death camp. Uh, half of Americans ages 18 to 39. There is every reason to assume that much fewer than half could identify the Gulag Archipelago, 20 million plus murdered there, the Ukrainian forced famine, 5 to 6 million murdered in a little over a year, Mao's Great Leap Forward, about 60 million murdered, or Pol Pot and the Khmer Rouge, about one in every four Cambodians murdered. As noted, almost no one outside of Russia has ever heard of the Russian Civil War, let alone knows anything about it. One reason is that the, uh, the winners, the communists, had no desire that people know about it. Yet according to the Encyclopedia Britannica, about 10 million people, the great majority, non-combatants, were killed. I want to stop here for a minute. Hey, Situation Report, Jeremy Stolniker here. We've all heard about D.C. politicians and their incredibly well-timed stock trades. Well, according to veteran trader Ross Givens with Traders Agency, it's all true. These politicians have made absolute fortunes for themselves trading stocks. Ross has revealed there's a largely unknown legal loophole that allows regular people, patriots like you and me, to see when these elite insiders are buying up stocks and how to follow their lead to incredible profit opportunities. Now, Ross has been doing this for a long time. He's a former vice president of investment management at J.P. Morgan Chase. He's been trading stocks for almost 20 years and teaching clients how to trade their own money for almost a decade. And we've just been blown away by everything Ross has revealed, including exactly what this trading loophole is and how it works, how he's learned from these insiders for nearly a decade and how the stock picks have gained 88% in seven days, 234% in eight weeks, and even 1,787% in two years. Go to theinsidertrades.com to start following these insiders yourself and get a free stock pick of one of the hottest symbols that is seeing huge insider buying right now. That website is theinsidertrades.com to see when these political insiders are buying stocks and get your free stock pick. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. It's alarming, but it's not surprising, if that makes sense. These numbers, you, you step back and go, how in the world do young people not know about this? And he classifies young people here as 18 to 39. How, how do people not know about this? But it is not surprising. There is a lack of education on these issues. Um, with my own kids, I've tried to be very um, intentional about helping them to understand how bad things can get and how bad things have been. 
a few weeks ago, I took my my kids, my entire family went to the Auschwitz exhibit at the Ronald Reagan Museum. It's a traveling exhibit. It's been there for some months and will be there through the end of this year. Uh, we, we spent about three hours walking through that and it tells the story. It's a traveling exhibit, but it's a historical exhibit. So they have thousands of artifacts from Auschwitz and then they tell the story. It's a guided tour that you listen to a headset and so you hear voices and you hear interviews and there's interviews on monitors. Uh, unbelievable uh, um, presentation of what took place in Auschwitz. I took my kids, um, all four of my kids, my two youngest are 15 and 13, but my oldest are 23 and 21. Uh, they were there. My wife was there, of course. My parents came. And we walked through that. And you get to the other side after, you know, a few hours of walking through that. And you don't feel good about yourself. In fact, my daughter, who's 15, I think three days later, <laughs> said, I still feel bad. Just feel bad after going through the museum and, and walking through that uh, exhibit and learning all of those things about Auschwitz, they not only tell the story, but they have artifacts, they have clothing, and they have uh, so many pictures, and, and it, it just does a great job of really helping to encapsulate what took place. That's important. It's important that children are able to see that, that they're able to understand that. Uh, and then you know, these other things that he mentions uh, a few years ago, my wife and I were in Ukraine and we were doing some work uh, with military couples in Ukraine. This was before the current um, iteration of the war. Uh, the war has been going on since 2014, but we were there, I think 2018 or 2019. And uh, we had some time in uh, Kiev while we were there and went to the memorial that talks about uh, really it's it's considered a holocaust the the ukrainian holocaust it was a famine it was a forced famine by the russians on the ukrainian people in the uh, mid-30s uh, in this article he gives the numbers five to six million murdered the folks who were there and who wrote about it and, and much of what is said about it would put the number closer to 10 or 12 million people forced famine they grew what they needed to they had the food they needed but the Russians trying to break the backs of the Ukrainians, as they're doing today, um, forced famine. They wouldn't let them harvest what was in their fields, and millions were murdered. It's important for us to understand that, and, and so many other issues. Why is it important? He, he breaks this down as we walk through this, but we have to have a real perspective of what is possible in our world. My wife uh, is German. She was born there and lived there for the first part of her life. A few years ago, we were uh, visiting her family in Germany, and uh, my kids were there. We went to a lot of places, saw a lot of different things. But one of the places we visited on our stop was uh, Dachau, the concentration camp in the city of Dachau. And again, walking through that with your kids and talking to them about what happened there. It's so important that we get a hold of what is possible. I'll continue with this article, but this is very important to me as a parent. This has been very important to me uh, just growing up and understanding history and learning history. And it gives us a unique perspective on the politics of our day, decisions that are being made. Uh, I've said this before on the show, but <laughs> what's happening has a predictable end. We've seen this before. And we need to be diligent to understand this. Uh, let me continue with the article. The next section is called The Soft Spot for Communism. Why don't students know about evil? The first reason is that nearly all the genocides of the 20th century were committed by communists. And the left, which runs virtually all educational institutions, has always had a, a soft spot for communism. 
if people were to recognize that communism has been the greatest source of evil in the modern age in terms of numbers murdered, number of lives destroyed, liberty stolen, and the sheer amount of human suffering inflicted, greater by those metrics than those of the Nazis before they were forcibly stopped, the left would lose much of its appeal. I need to pause there for a second. We can't miss this. He says this, If people were to recognize that communist has been the greatest source of evil in the modern age in terms of numbers murdered, lives destroyed, liberty stolen, and sheer amount of human suffering inflicted, greater than what the Nazis did on the world before they were stopped, the left would lose much of its appeal. There is this idea that socialism, which inevitably leads to communism, is a good thing. In fact, we have conversations every political season, which it seems like we're in a permanent political season right now, where we talk about this idea of democratic socialism and what could that look like, and then socialism ultimately becoming communism. The ideas of communism and the appeal of communism would go away. In fact, we would run away from it if we understood in numbers of tens of millions of people that have been murdered, lives destroyed, uh, property lost, if we understood the cost of communism historically in the world, it would lose its appeal. And yet so many who value some of the ideals or principles of communism, they whitewash the negative side of it. In fact, they say things like, well, it was misapplied and that's why that happened. That doesn't have to happen. It happens every time communism gains control. We've got to understand that. He goes on, a foolish left-wing notion about human nature. So the first one was there's a soft spot for communism. So those who control educational institutions, who value the ideals, ideas, or principles of communism, they don't want to talk about the negative side of it, so we don't talk about evil. Then there's a foolish left-wing notion about human nature. I think these two go hand in hand. He breaks them into two parts. They certainly go hand in hand. There is an idea that bad people have gotten a hold of the principles or philosophies of communism and misapplied them. That stems from this foolish notion, as he calls it, this, this broken idea that humans are basically good. Now, <laughs> this article is not about um, the Bible or biblical worldview. But why is it so important to have a biblical worldview? We talk about this all of the time on this show. Why is it so important? Because we need to understand truths. And truth comes from God. And one of the basic truths that we need to understand is that man is not inherently good. There are people who do good. There are people who express good. People can be kind to one another. And we need to encourage all of that, of course. Absolutely. But man inherently is at the very least selfish, self-centered, self-focused, wants to do what is best for themselves, and at the most is evil. And we could definitely make a case from Scripture that man is evil because of sin. Sin causes man to rebel against God. That is the definition of evil. But at his best, man is entirely absorbed with himself. But there is a foolish left-wing notion about human nature. I'll read what uh, Dennis Prager says here. He says, another reason is the foolish notion that people are basically good. This has been a left-wing belief since the French Enlightenment leader Jean-Jacques Rousseau came up with the idea. As he wrote in his book on philosophy, morality, and religion, 
quote, man is a naturally good being, loving justice and order. There is no natural perversity in the human heart. All the vices imputed to the human heart are not natural to it. That's what Rousseau said. This nonsense, Dennis Prager goes on, had been foreign to the Western mind. Its view of humanity was rooted in the Bible, and neither Bible-based religion, Judaism, or Christianity affirmed the goodness of the human heart. As Genesis states, the will of man's heart is evil from his youth, and the rest of the Bible repeatedly warns us against following our hearts. However, as the West began to abandon the Bible, including belief in the God of the Bible, Westerners began to believe in man. As Marx put it, quote, man is God, end quote. People had no choice, for if there is no God to believe in, one must believe in man, or one has literally nothing to believe in. Therefore, believe in man's inherent goodness, uh, belief in man's inherent goodness became both psychologically and philosophically necessary. So I'll pause here. He makes an incredible point. When we collectively decide there is no God. What we're saying is there is no God, there is no deity, there's not an entity outside of ourselves. That's what we're saying. Because we just replace God, the creator God, with God, me. <laughs> we create, uh, we, we replace God who is outside of time and space and outside of us who created everything and holds everything together we're replacing that God, and we replace him because we don't want to be um, responsible to him. We don't want to have a God that we are responsible to, a God that can uh, judge us or hold us accountable. We want to dismiss God. We want to deny God, to push God out, even though nature, as Romans 1 tells us, declares God. We want to ignore, rebel against, push back, eliminate, erase God so that we can put ourselves in his place, to be accountable to no one, to be accountable only to ourselves. Well, if we do that, then we must inherently adopt this notion that man is good. When the Bible tells us that God is good, that man's heart is broken and evil, and therefore man needs God. But when you eliminate God, you have to replace him that is God, with man who is inherently good. On MyPillow's 20-year anniversary, with over 80 million MyPillows sold, Mike Lindell at MyPillow wants to thank each and every one of you by giving you the lowest price in history on their MyPillows. You will receive a queen-size MyPillow for $19.98, regular price is $69.98, and just $10 more for a king-size. You will receive deep discounts on all MyPillow products, such as bed sheets, mattress toppers, pet beds, mattresses, my slippers, and so much more. This is the time to try out some of their other amazing products you've had your eye on. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio podcast square and use promo code SITREP to receive this amazing offer on the queen size MyPillow for $19.98. Or call 800-870-0283. This offer comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. It's time to start getting the quality sleep you deserve. Go to MyPillow.com and use promo code SITREP or call 800-870-0283. He continues on in his article. 
Secularism is central to leftism. So let me pause again. Understand how this works. If we deny God, we put ourselves in the place of God, we then adopt this philosophy or this idea that man is inherently good, well, that brings us to this next point. Secularism is central to leftism. Well, everything then is secular. We become humanists. It's all about us. It's all secular. There is no God. There's nothing spiritual. There's nothing outside of us. So it's all about what's happening right now. In this section, secularism is central to leftism. Uh, Dennis Prager says, a third reason follows from the second with the exception of the mass murder of the Armenians, which was committed by Muslim Turks, the genocides and the other horrors of the 20th century were committed by secular regimes. Given the centrality of secularism to leftism, this fact has been kept from young people. Likewise, the fact that all these genocides were committed by big governments is not taught to young people because big government is also central to left-wing ideology. In other words, a true depiction of the evils of the 20th century would mean the end of the two pillars of left-wing ideology, secularism and big government. Let me read that sentence one more time. In other words, a true depiction of the evils of the 20th century would mean the end of the two pillars of left-wing ideology. It would mean the end of secularism and big government. As we hear this, we can understand why the ideas of communism are being protected by eliminating <laughs> a reflection on evil. When we understand that the major evil events, if we can put, put it like that or put that in quotes, evil events of the 20th century now into the 21st century were committed by those who were committed to this idea or this philosophy of communism. When we understand that millions of folks have been murdered under the banner of communism, and that communism is possible as a weaponized political arm only through big government, well, then big government would go away. We'd be scared to death of the government gaining more and more control. But we want to hang on to secularism, and we want to hang on to big government, and so we whitewash the evils of communism. There is no evil. The next section, Seek a Moral World, begin with the study of evil. This is the last section, the one that I began with. He says, if you want to make a moral world you must begin with the study of evil. But for the reasons enumerated here, the left is not and cannot be interested in fighting real evil. So, the left fights made-up evils. American systemic racism, transphobia, capitalism, carbon emissions, sexism, and former President Donald Trump, to name a few. This is why young people know almost nothing about evil. The left doesn't want them to know about it, because knowledge of evil inevitably leads directly to rejection of the left. Uh, what a great article in, in a really important perspective. If you want to make a, moral, a more moral world, you must begin with the study of evil. And this follows intellectually, which makes this denial of evil in the world and 
the evils of communism and, and I would say extending from that atheism, uh, it, atheism is the religion of communism, communism is the religion of the left. When we look at those together, what we should be teaching, if we were intellectually honest, if we really desired a country of free people and we wanted students to be able to think on their own and process and understand on their own, what we should be teaching is the evils of the past hundred years have primarily taken place under the guise of communism, certainly under the guise of secularism and a strong central government. That's what should be taught. And working backwards, reverse engineering, if you will, we would be able to say then, belief in God and small government will protect us from those evils. And then politically be able to move forward, putting God in his rightful place, at least valuing, esteeming religious freedom and religious expression, and making sure that government remains small. So it didn't have more control than necessary over our lives. But the agenda is to get as much power and as control as possible to push God out so there is no accountability to him. But in order to do that, we need to create things to be upset about. And that's exactly the cultural moment we are living through. I look at all of this or read all of this and great article, well said, in my mind, there should be a next section, although it's obvious, apparent what that next section would be. So here's what we do. About Prager. <laughs> and Dennis Prager certainly has. Um, he doesn't address this in this article. But Prager U, his educational uh, institution, if you will, it's all online. It's available to anyone. Uh, it, it seeks to address this issue, to view culture and history and religion and all of these things um, as they should be viewed and how they connect and understanding how it all works together. So he certainly has done his part. But as a parent, as someone who cares about the future of the United States, as, as someone who's very interested in where we're going to end up, I think we have to come back to a real understanding of history. Not just studying evil, but this is why places like the Holocaust Museum, this is why exhibits like the Auschwitz, Muse, uh, Auschwitz exhibit, uh, this is why many of these actual places where these evils were done, having been preserved in other countries, that's why these are so important. When my family and I were um, visiting Dachau in the city of Dachau in Germany, uh, I was very encouraged to see, and, and it's interesting because so much of the American educational system um, says that these events never took place. But while we were there, uh, buses of school children, just as part of their schooling, visiting Dachau, walking through it, being taught what happened there, uh, that's what should happen. You, you go to the Holocaust Museum in D.C., school children are there often, and that's it's fantastic. We need to see and understand how these events happen. But instead of making only the Nazis <laughs> of the 30s and 40s uh, the ones who committed these atrocities, we need to get outside of that and understand that the Holocaust that took place in the 30s between Russia and Ukraine in numbers was worse than what happened under Nazi Germany. That some 150 million people have been killed 
uh, under the banner of atheism and its political arm, communism. When we look at places like Cambodia and the Khmer Rouge under Pol Pot, when we look at all of these events that took place, understanding that Nazi Germany, as bad as it was, represented only a portion of the atrocities, the millions of folks that have been killed under this ideology of communism. We need to educate our children. We need to be pro, uh, real, <laughs> true, authentic history. We need to talk about greatness, but we also need to talk about and understand the tragedies, the evils that can take place if we don't put the right people and systems uh, in its way. And, and this is one of those areas that maybe we can't educate everyone or be a part of you know, everyone learning this, but we can take an active role in the education of the people around us and we should. People will vote different. They'll think different when they understand evil. And we need to start, uh, as he says here, in seeking a moral world with a study of evil. When did bad things happen? Who committed those atrocities? And how can we stop it? Great article. And uh, again, maybe not the most encouraging uh, <laughs> conversation in the world. Uh, but this is so important. And when we're talking about dealing with or navigating an ever-changing culture, we need to know not only what's happening in our culture right now, but we need to be able to look back and, and recognize, realize the end of this is predictable. We know where this ends up if it's not stopped. And then we need to stand up and do something uh, to stop it. Um, great interview this last week. Uh, and, and in the context of that interview, the idea is we need to stop it where we can. We need to go to school board meetings. We need to get involved in local politics. We need to be as involved locally as we can and allow that to grow then through our states and then through our country. Uh, do what you can do where you are. Get involved. Evil exists. It always has. Uh, there are very real consequences to elections, certainly, but the people that we allow to uh, educate our kids and then allow to control our governments, very real consequences. Let's understand that and do the best we can to paint the picture of what has happened, what could happen, but also beyond that, what is possible if we make better decisions. Hope that's helped you today. Um, great article. Really appreciate this. Uh, if you have not yet subscribed to this show, please go ahead and do that. You can do that right now, wherever you are. Please subscribe. That would be fantastic. Take some time. Go over to our website, thesitrep.org, thesitrep.org. You can find our website there. And uh, there you'll find this episode, of course, but our archive of episodes for The Situation Report, you'll find there as well. There's a place that you can sign up for our newsletter so that when new episodes or information, events um, come out, we get those right to you, drop those in your inbox. We want to make sure that you have all of that information. And I really do appreciate you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. If you're watching, look forward to talking to you next time. We were not made to live in isolation. Sadly, many of our veterans feel they need to fight their battles alone. This self-isolation has led to the staggering statistic of more than 20 veterans taking their lives every day. A lot of guys end up drinking. A lot of guys end up losing hope. Someone will go to the VA and they'll try to get, you know, prescription medications to help 
with PTSD, you know, they'll get pills for anxiety, they'll get pills because they can't sleep, now they'll get pills for depression before they know it. they're taking 12 different medications. And when it's not working out, these guys lose hope, and that's why there's 23 guys a day committing suicide. The mission of Mighty Oaks is to eradicate the veteran suicide epidemic and help our warriors change their legacies. As a result, we've been able to help over 4,000 veterans and first responders by equipping them with the tools they need to live the lives they were created to live. Everything they said just kept hitting me in the heart over and over and over again. It's like all the things that I didn't know that I needed to hear. And uh, I opened my heart to God that week, dude, and like, I've been a different person ever since. Our faith-based, peer-to-peer approach has one of the highest success rates of any program available today, offering hope and understanding to those who need it most. We provide our programs and resources, including travel, at no cost to our warriors. I remember talking to a licensed uh, social worker who actually handed me a pamphlet to Mighty Oaks. So I went, and I'm glad I did. By aligning their lives to biblical principles, these men and women are able to lead their families, their communities, and our nation. Our mission is to serve and restore our nation's warriors and families who have endured hardship through their service to America and to help them find new life purpose through hope in Christ. It's your generosity that can make a difference in the lives of the men and women who have fought for our country and our freedoms. Now that they're home, don't let them fight alone. Learn more at MightyOaksPrograms.org. Hey, Situation Report, Jeremy Stolnicker here. We've all heard about D.C. politicians and their incredibly well-timed stock trades. Well, according to veteran trader Ross Givens with Traders Agency, it's all true. These politicians have made absolute fortunes for themselves trading stocks. Ross has revealed there's a largely unknown legal loophole that allows regular people, patriots like you and me, to see when these elite insiders are buying up stocks and how to follow their lead to incredible profit opportunities. Now, Ross has been doing this for a long time. He's a former vice president of investment management at J.P. Morgan Chase. He's been trading stocks for almost 20 years and teaching clients how to trade their own money for almost a decade. And we've just been blown away by everything Ross has revealed, including exactly what this trading loophole is and how it works how he's learned from these insiders for nearly a decade, and how the stock picks have gained 88% in seven days, 234% in eight weeks, and even 1,787% in two years. Go to theinsidertrades.com to start following these insiders yourself and get a free stock pick of one of the hottest symbols that is seeing huge insider buying right now. That website is theinsidertrades.com to see when these political insiders are buying stocks and get your free stock pick. Past performance is no guarantee of future results.